Welcome back to What Lies Outside the Box. Uh, my name is Alyssa. We have Sandy here and Christine. And today we'll be analyzing the book, The Voice of Knowledge by Minga Ruiz. And I actually am going to analyze the chapter three. Chapter three is called The Lie of Our Imperfection. And it uh, talks about pretty much since we were little, we were authentic with uh, the knowledge of nothing but really what we observe ourselves and then that's when we start being influenced by everyone around us including our parents elders family friends or and that's when we become infested with their knowledge which could also be considered as lies to say and then once we hit our teenage years it starts being more difficult because that's when we start getting the um, pressure of being perfect and becoming what people think you should be and not just yourself um, and once you start becoming perfect or trying to reach that perfection you are actually become unauthentic but my question to you guys is is there really authenticity within us because we're to me i believe that we are right off the bat influenced by others so how can we be authentic when all we know is what we observed and heard from other people around us okay so sandy would you like to start off with your opinion on this question yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. I kind of have a different view on what I view as authentic. I think the word authentic itself came into play because, I mean, in order to have this word, to have this feeling, to describe something that, you know, that you made yourself is there needs to be such thing as being authentic. I think when people take others' ideas and, you know, every resource that you can and you put it together and you create something of your own, that is being authentic. You know, even though people have contributed to your own idea, it's the whole concept. They didn't come up with it, you did. And that's what truly is what is authentic about you. My opinion kind of differs from what Sandy says, and it kind of more ties into what Alyssa said, because I believe that authenticity, there's only like a short time frame that we are truly uninfluenced and authentic. I think from after that, there's so many factors that can influence us and influence how we think and how we act that from that moment, we're no longer truly authentic. But I okay, well, I could really see where both of you guys are coming from. Like, Sandy, how you said that you could make all this information that you grasp from other people and other things and choose what you believe is your truth. And writing and living life by your truth is being authentic. And I could understand Christina as well because really all this influence in our lives can be seen as being unauthentic because in reality they're different ideas and not originally yours but just like Ruiz says on page 41 in chapter 3 you can never be what you are not so I feel like as long as you live your life being who you are and not who you aren't um, that's all that matters so this chapter really helped um, me shape my idea of ethnic studies because to me I feel like ethnic studies is based on authenticity of the real truth truth and lives of the indigenous people and not through a filtered uh, version so this chapter is based on authenticity and i feel like ethnic studies is also based on that as well okay so sandy what chapter did you find intriguing in the book of voice of knowledge i found chapter seven 
emotions are real to be a very powerful chapter it does touch on the topic of um what is authentic and actually like this quote that says every emotion that you feel is real it is truth it comes directly from the integrity of your spirit you cannot fake what you feel you can try to justify or repress your emotions you can try to lie about what you feel but what you feel is authentic I would actually challenge this this line because if what you feel is is authentic, you get taught when you grow up of how to react to something, of what this means, what makes you smile, what makes you laugh, what makes you sad. We are all taught that it is okay for us to feel our emotions, but the word authentic may be the wrong word to use in this situation. I do agree that what you feel is real. It is the truth. But at the same time, I don't believe that it can be authentic because, I mean, this idea of creating your own own feelings is actually what is authentic. I mean, when it says you cannot fake what you feel, If you're faking what you feel, that's how you feel in the moment that you're faking it. Luis also says, every time we lie to ourselves, we abuse ourselves. Now, I find this a little bit interesting because sometimes we lie to ourselves to keep us from being hurt, from being not abused. I feel like that is the wrong word to say. It's more of discomfort. I mean, we are always trying to shelter you know, protect who we are and how we feel. Maybe we lie to ourselves because we're trying to find our inner peace. Christine, you're actually just talking to me about inner peace. Did you want to add on to that? Well, I was actually just talking about that because I wanted to talk about chapter six, which is all about inner peace, which is a very vulnerable topic in itself. So chapter six embodies the topic of inner peace, which is something people never fully address, especially in society. Throughout the chapter, Ruiz addresses the the fact that there are so many voices in our head, and because we're conditioned to trust ourselves, we're conditioned to believe that our thoughts are the truth, which isn't always the truth. Ever since we could remember, we have been under the impression that we know ourselves the best, which to some extent is the truth, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we should embrace what our voice is telling us. For example, in the chapter, Ruiz mentions how constantly people excuse their actions by saying, I am, because that's what the voice of knowledge is telling them, and that's what, and that's what they're conditioned to believe. When in reality, people can easily change this by adopting a growth mindset instead of a fixed one. Contrary to what we may believe, the mindset that we have is much is a much larger problem than it seems. It's the mindset that we have, it doesn't just affect ourselves, it affects society as a whole. Because stepping away from the individual lens, having a fixed mindset affects so many people in society, especially people of color. Personally, I've seen so many black and Hispanic people slack off in school and not put enough effort. And when someone would ask them why, they'd say the same thing the same thing that Ruiz mentioned in the chapter. They would say, that's just the way I am, and that's not true. 
We have so much potential, but the only thing stopping us is society and the voice of knowledge. And to make things even worse, there's so much trauma in the, in the colored communities that take away our truth and that strip us away from our authentic selves. Um, because of this, it's no surprise that there are so many negative thoughts that can fulfill us and that, um, and that overpower the thoughts in our head. Ruiz touches on this by saying, I compare the voice of knowledge to a wild horse. You have no control over that horse, but at least you can try to tame it. In order for us as individuals to obtain inner peace, especially the colored community, we have to take initiative and, t and tame the horse inside of us. I'm sure we've all heard the phrase, you are what you eat. So why not, instead of eating the lies that society feeds us, why don't we take it upon ourselves and eat the positives about ourselves so we can prove society wrong and be the best versions of ourselves possible?